Welcome back to another episode of the ONJ Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeremiah. I'm your co-host, Orlando. Hope everyone's having a good day. You know, hope everyone got the oil change, got the tire pressures monitored. You know what I mean? All that good stuff. How you feeling, bro? I'm not even going to ask why the first thing that came to your head was something about oil change. I mean... Did you just get your oil change? Nah, I didn't. I think my shit need changing, though. Well, okay. Yeah, you should probably look into that, bro. Anyway. For sure. Um, it's a good day, you know. It's always a good day. Um, It's the weekend. I love the weekend. I, d- I don't Facts. have to work. Anyway, um, to start off, I just want to start off by thanking our supporters, you know, for answering our questions. You know, we put two questions on our Instagram last time. And the first question, who is the better shooter, Steph Curry or Clay Thompson? The winner with 76% of the votes was Steph Curry. It was Clay, right? Oh. No, it's not Clay. It's, no, it's Curry. I'm going to need you to accept that. Curry's the better shooter. But niggas forgot. I think that's just. No, no, just take your L. Curry's the better shooter. People forgot. No, Curry's just the better shooter. No, I think. Just, just pe- take your L, bro. I think. Pe- just take your L. Bro, what? Okay, what, symbol, what symbolizes the perfect shot? In 2K Bro what no. In 2K yeah. Why are you bringing 2K into no, this just, just answer the question What does 2K have to do just with it Just answer the question I don't know You never played 2K Yes but why are we talking about 2K no, When like, we're comparing Clay to answer Curry Answer the question Just answer the question What symbolizes the perfect shot in 2K Green Okay Okay What, what color shirt did Clay have on uh, In the game against Who was it Um, The game against the Grizzlies Uh, Lime Okay here you go with this all right. His shirt was lime. Anyway, oh, okay. Um, what's the base color of lime? We we ain't doing this what's, again, bro. We had this whole argument last time. We're not doing this argument again, bro. What's Just the what's take, the base? What's the base color of lime? Take your L. What's the base? Just co- take your L. What's the base? Take color? your L. Just, just take your L. What's the base color? Curry of is the better shooter, bro. What's just the take base, the L. What's the base Moving on to the next line? question. Moving on to the next question. Really the next, the question. next question we simple. had. The next question we asked them was. Was Wilt Chamberlain really like that? You know, I didn't think Wilt Chamberlain was that great of a player. Is that why you being this aggressive? I'm not being this aggressive. Because of that poll? Nah, I'll admit, I'll take the L. I lost <laughs> this poll. You can't take your L's. I can take my I L's. I can take the L, but you can't answer a simple question. Bro, because you try, you trying to bring some colors into proving that Kirk Clay's a better shooter when he's not, bro. The base color of lime is green. The perfect shot in 2K is green. Stay woke. So you're saying because the man had a lime shirt, yes, he's sir. automatically the better shooter than Curry. He's gonna be green and everything next year. He's just giving y'all a preview. He's yeah, giving y'all um, a preview for next year. Bro. So with the will, with the with the will uh, question, um, sixty four percent said, yeah, he's really like that. He's an NBA legend. So yes. no comment. I I take the L. No comment. I could I you see I could take the L. You can't take the L I with the Curry the thing. I'm just saying. Nah, you over you here trying to answer you, my question, bro. Though. You can't take the L. You over here trying to connect it to, oh, he's wearing lime, so he's like the perfect shooter. Blah blah exactly. blah. Well, that makes you, no you said sense. It, not me. You that said makes, that. You said the, it, not okay, me. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram. You know, we'll be continuing to do more posts like this at onj underscore podcast. Make sure to follow. You know, we also have a Twitter. If you got a Twitter, at, at onj podcast. 
capital O, lowercase n, capital J, capital P, and then oddcast. Does that matter in Twitter? Um, I feel like it does because when I googled it, it like it didn't show up. You have to like but, actually type it. But, but for sure, if you have trouble finding our Twitter, you know it's on our IG page. It's on our IG page, bro. We so, have yeah, everything there for sure. But what we got first? First, you know, the playoffs start today, but we never got to talk about the actual playing tournament. Sure. You know, we've had debates on whether the playing tournament was good, whether the playing tournament was bad. That says it all. I mean, low key, it was it was a pretty good playing tournament. It was. Well, anyway, you go ahead and start. You give you your thoughts, your opinions on just like the general format of the playing. Because I felt like, you know how we usually talked about how it was like two games? I felt like every one of them was like a one game win and go home, which I was so confused on. I was expecting like kind of like how they did last year where you have the first, you have the higher C has to win one, lower C has to win two. But this year it was kind of weird because it was just like a win or go home. But it kind of worked out because the higher seeds ended up winning both games. Like the Lakers won their game against the Warriors and then... Who was it in the East? In the East, the Pacers had won their game against the uh, against the Wizards. So the, the Hornets, the Pacers won against the Hornets, and then oh, yeah, the Wizards yeah. beat the Pacers. Oof. Okay. Yeah. So then the Pacers had won their game against the Hornets. So it was like it kind of worked out in a sense because you know the higher seeds ended up winning anyway. But I thought it was just gonna be a little bit different. You know how they did it last year in the bubble, but I guess they had different ideas. And I'm not sure how that would have worked out this year because, you know, the playoffs had started Saturday. And they kind of, like, lined up perfectly with the playoffs because, you know, this year you only had one game. So then it was kind of like it was always an NBA game on every day, like, this week. So I guess it kind of worked out money-wise and fan-wise, you know, so, like, it kept all the, you know, basketball fans tuned in and everything. But I just, I don't know, the format was kind of weird to me this year. Yeah, the format was weird because I feel like every time we talked about the plane, we used, like, that bubble format. Like, you have to win two games if you're the lower seed. And then I was watching him, like, hold up. Why does, like, because you know how on the bottom they be giving random stats? The bottom is said, like, these two teams are playing. It's win or go home. And I'm like, whoa, 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 win or go home. What happened to the format? I thought it was, like, that's what I mean. I thought it was just, like, a if, if the higher seed. I thought they were just basing that on the higher seed. But it was literally, like, just when to go home so then I was I was just kind of confused on that yeah that was confusing but anyway let's get into like the the games that happened let's start off with the Pacers versus the Hornets uh the Pacers and the Hornets the Hornets they just weren't ready to play like even your own player Miles Bridges he was even he said you know like they played like the Pacers played like they wanted to be in the playoffs and we didn't so like for for, for one of your own players to say that he just knew even he knew like they weren't prepared for the situation and for the stage uh i think the lack of experience really showed with the hornets you know especially without having hayward and it's just always with hayward it's always like he's never like ready for the playoffs like even last year like he missed the first two series uh for boston against the 76ers and then toronto but he was able to come back uh for games 2 to 5 when they played the heat in the conference finals last year but they i mean Celtics still ended up losing but He's just, like, never really ready for the playoffs for some reason. I don't know if that – it's just a consistent thing in his career. And they really needed Hayward, especially in a game like this. I'm not saying – I don't think they would have won, but I think it would have been a much better game with Hayward playing. But uh, I think 
just the lack of experience really showed. Rozier, he didn't do that well. Uh, 7 of 20 from the field. He missed all his threes, 0 for 9. Melo, I mean, he's a rookie, but uh, 4 of 14 from the field, 4 turnovers. And then, you know, you had Demonte Graham also, you know, shooting 1 for 8 from the field, 1 for 7 from 3. So when you have your three lean scorers not, you know, producing how they should be, you that's usually the team's not going to win. So, yeah, and... I love O'Shea Percet. Like that comment he said, uh, I, th- I think it was the third quarter, and he's like, get their bum asses out of here. Like, I love that. Like, that's the kind of like play I want on my team. Yeah, so I agree with everything you said. You know, the Hornets that like, if lack of experience really like hurt them a lot because they, they just didn't come ready. They didn't have what they didn't come, they just came like it was a regular game, you know? They didn't come with that attitude like it's winner go home like it is, you know? And Haywood, yeah, like, I understand why Boston ain't pay him now because he, he's missing everything. So, like, and, like, at the beginning of the season, Haywood was amazing for the Hornets. We thought, like, that was, like, the greatest signing of free agency. But, like, when it matters most, Haywood's not here. And, like, that's always the thing. So, like, going on for you think the Hornets would implement some type of, like, in-season uh, injury management, like uh, rest management? Oh, low management. Load management for Haywood actually needs it. Like yeah. I would, I would highly recommend they need it because there's always something after that leg injury that he had with Boston. He's never been the same. Mm. Like every, he's never had like a full season after that. First game of the season. Yeah, he's that was that that ever since that. I I still don't know why the Hornets gave him such a big deal. Yeah. And the thing is, they didn't put. I don't think they put any like safety guards in it. Yeah, like and, an injury clause. Yeah, like an injury clause. Like, you have to play a minimum of, like, 60 games for you to get this full salary, which they should have done that because with his injury history, like, they desperately needed it. But, you know, it's the Hornets. But, yeah, I think uh, Pacers, they played amazing. They were ready to play. Uh, Sabonis had a really good game, had uh, 14 points, 20 rebounds. You know, he's been tremendous for that team. It's just everybody checked in and, you know, played their role. And it was a great team performance. From the Pacers. Brogdon was back. I was surprised to see Brogdon right. back for the playoffs. Right. So that really, that was like a big benefit thing for them, especially when like they've had so many injuries. So having one of their key players back really helped them. And, you know, like you said, the bonus just went off, you know, so bonus like that. I have a question. Like, do you think O'Shea Brissett, do you think he makes, who do you think does he make more expendable? TJ Warren or Miles Turner? Um, Miles Turner. I feel like they've wanted to get Miles Turner out of there. Yeah. Because we, they have to put Sabonis. Sabonis as a center. You can't play Sabonis at the center. And I think playing Turner at the center, you're with Sabonis, you're forcing Turner to be at the three point line and stick to the three point line and not do anything else except like, you know, block shots on the defensive end and then shoot threes. Which I feel like if he goes to a different team, they'll be able they'll be able to utilize him way better than the Pacers are currently doing it. For sure. For sure. And I don't know about TJ Warren because there, there was rumors about the coach. So we still don't know what's happening with that coach over there with the Pacers. I don't know. From the reports I've seen, I wouldn't be surprised if he's either after this season and how they went out against the against the Wizards. But I, don't, I don't see it. Yeah. But, I mean, this game was like, it was a blowout. It wasn't one of the most yeah, exciting ones. I stopped watching after halftime. I seen the score at halftime. I just, I just went. I just turned it off. Exactly. Same same here. Literally. All right. Next game was the Wizards versus the Celtics. Jason Tatum. 50 points. 
missed, made all of his free throws. I think the Celtics they really came together. Uh, they played really well, especially without you know their all their other All Star Jalen Brown, who's out for the season. But uh, Celtics they played amazing. Uh, Jason Tatum he was you know a superstar that he is, fifty points, uh, made all of his free throws. Kemba Kemba had a great game as well, twenty nine points from uh twenty nine points, six assists. And then another player that played pretty well also was Tristan Thompson. You know, he had a great game off the bench. Uh, he had 19 points, 12 rebounds. Tristan Thompson, he was tremendous off the bench. And he's he gave them some really solid minutes. And he's been giving them some solid minutes, you know, especially throughout the season and everything. And Russ, yeah, Russ was, um he had an off game. I mean, it, it wasn't really an off game if you look at his stats because he had a triple-double. But then when you look at, like, you know, his percentages it was just like you know six of 18 that's just I don't think that's gonna cut it and then you know Bertans they really needed Bertans to you know hit some of his threes and you know he missed all of his threes uh shot over seven from the three so and for a guy who they depend on for a three-point shooting coming off the bench they really needed that production and he just wasn't able to give it to him so I think uh yeah it was just a good win for the Celtics um it's good to see them in the playoffs and especially without Jalen Brown, and I look forward to seeing him play the Nets. So Russell Westbrook, bro, it's like um, you, you see him with that triple double, and you think like, man, that's so amazing. But then you look at his percentages, <laughs> and it's like, damn, Westbrook, like, come on now, bro. But that, yeah, that really hurt them. Westbrook being off, and then yeah. like you said, Bertans, you know, Bertans is a shooter. He's not the greatest defender. He's like their shooter, and. He didn't shoot like he's supposed to. Yeah, like he literally, you don't have to, they don't even need him to defend. They literally just bring him in. We just need you to shoot three. Don't think about it. Just just let it go. But, I mean, you know, it happens. Shooters have off nights. I guess, but you you got paid millions just sure. to be a shooter. So, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd expect you to at least hit at least one of your threes. Come on now. For sure. All seven. That's kind of crazy. And then the Celtics, the Tatum... Tatum really stepped it up, 50 points. The thing I did not like was he had 17 free throws. Mm, you know, I'm not a big fan of always giving someone so many free throws because I think, you know, I, I also criticize Harden because Harden would get a lot of free throws. Um, So I'm not going to, oh, it's Tatum. It's fine. He got 50 points. No, nah, like, I don't like it. stars getting so many free throws. I think it slows down the pace of the game and kind of, like, takes away from that adrenaline. Are you telling me that? He was catered to during that game? I don't know if he was catered to. I mean, not catered, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, some of those calls were, you know, like, he didn't work for all those 17 free throws. That's basically what you're saying. Uh, The thing with the NBA now is, like, I feel like most of the stars go looking for free throws. Mm -hmm. Like, when they go to drive or when they go to shoot, they go looking for that free throw, trying to get that free throw, Mm -hmm. and not, like, you know, their pure skills, using their pure skills to get a Mm -hmm. bucket. And that's the thing that annoys me about today's game. Like, you see someone shooting, and then they don't shoot naturally. They'll shoot, but then they'll lean their body forward to try to get, like, that free throw. Or, like, Trey Young, where he goes in, he gets in front of the defender, he shoots, and then leans back and acts like, oh, I got hit in the shot. Like Ah, that little push floater. Yeah, that's so annoying, man. I'm glad you brought that up, actually. That's, like, another thing, too, even with shooters, like, three-point shooters, where, like, even Curry does it sometimes, where, you know, they like to kick their foot out a little bit, try to, you know... Make it seem like the defender had pushed them, and some of the refs actually like fall for that stuff too. Yeah, like it happened. Even happened. Uh, 
in the last game with uh, Jordan Poole, where you know he got three free throws off of it um, in the game against uh, the Grizzlies. But we'll get into that. But yeah, I think that's something that needs to be looked at a little bit more too. Yeah, and then every time they shoot a free throw, Steph does this where he shoots mm-hmm. and then he falls down on the ground and he kind of slides on his ass. And I'm like, oh shit, is the ref gonna give him another free throw just because he did that? <laughs> But yeah, overall, I think the Celtics did good. We'll see how well they match up. Um, you know, losing uh, Brown's gonna really hurt them. I don't think Tatum's gonna, you know, drop fifty continuously in the playoffs. With the at- the atmosphere is gonna change in the pace of game, so we'll see. And then Kimball's always like a question mark. He did good this game, but then we'll see next game. But yeah, for sure, for sure. Next game we have now is the Pacers versus the Wizards. Pacers versus the Wizards. I thought that was a, a pretty solid game. The pay, the Wizards, they played tremendously. They had a very efficient night, a lot better than uh, how they played against the Celtics. You know, they only shot 39% against the Celtics, but this game, they were able to increase that to 58%. Uh, they played amazing. Gafford, Gafford's been pretty solid for the Wizards. Uh, he's had five blocks that game, so he re- really protected the paint really well. Uh, he just, you know, he's been that defensive anchor for them, you know, and I think he's, him and Robin Lopez, they have a nice little, you know, solid little one-two punch, you know, coming off the bench, uh, either or, you know, pick your poison. But I think uh, Gafford, he protected the paint, paint really well, ran the floor, and I think him and Russ, Russell Westbrook are developing sort of a, a good chemistry between the two, and I think uh, he's going to be really well for them. Ish Smith also, you know, played really well coming off the bench set the floor, ran the floor for them. And he's just, Ishmith, he's just like, he's, I've kind of liked his career because, you know, he's just always been like a constant pro. Like whatever team he goes to, he's always going to be ready. Coming off the bench, starting, whatever you need from him, he's going to like do it no matter what. Like no ifs, ands, or buts. So you always need players like that on your team. And the Wizards, they just played tremendous. Yeah, so the Wizards did great. Um, It was a great bounce back game from Westbrook. You know, his efficiency was a little bit better compared to that first game. Um, I think that trade to get Daniel Gafford was an amazing trade by the Wizards because they really didn't have a center. Thomas Bryant, I think, went out with injury. They got Alex Len, but Alex Len isn't necessarily that good of a center. And then Robert Lopez is good, but, you know, he's on the older side, and he kind of needs to be in that paint. And, you know, he's older. He can't run the break. And so Daniel Gafford, he could run the break with Westbrook. So it works perfectly with Westbrook to have a big who can run the break with him. So if, you know, if they're trying to triple team, double team Westbrook when he's on the break, boom, Daniel Gafford is right there trying to run with him. So I think that works well. And I think Daniel Gafford has gotten the Wizards to another level that has really benefited them. For sure, for sure. And I think the Pacers, they really needed, like, you know, the, uh, some sort of third scoring option. You know, Brogdon, he played okay. I mean, he didn't shoot the best. He shouldn't shoot the ball the best. You know, he shot 9 out of 23. But uh, he still had 24 points. Sabonis had 19 points. But I still really they, need, they really needed, like, a Karis LeVert kind of just to, you know, provide that extra scoring punch, especially against a team like the Wizards who can, when they're, like, when they're going and when they're hot, they could, you know, put up points in bunches, with, especially with guys like Bradley Bill and Westbrook and all those guys. So I think uh, they really needed, like, a third extra scoring punch. They had Doug McDermott. Oh, man. That was their third scoring punch. Oh, man. Dermot, Dermot, and Dermot can shoot it now, but I don't yeah. know. I don't he know has, if, he had some surprising ass games. He did, he, especially against uh Raptors, but I mean, 
he's not consistent enough to be a third option. I don't think. I mean, Sabonis did his part. He got a triple double. So he always does his part. He though. always does his part. Damn, like why we got to trade him away? Pause. Okay. Always gonna do some connect. Every time you bruh, hear about I Sabonis, mean, you bruh. really get pissed off because y'all trade him. OKC has all kinds of all stars throughout this league, bro. I mean, you think you mad? We we drafted Sabonis and then we traded him to you. Sounds like a personal problem to me. Yeah, sounds like a personal problem for you too, man. Stop <laughs> whining about him being traded. Oh man. But anyway, yeah. another ball game, so ain't much to say. Really. Anyway, the West, the West had some exciting games. Oh, starting my. with the, I think I read this was like the most viewed game of the season, and I think it was also the most viewed game since like 2019. And it was the Warriors versus the Lakers. That, that felt like a playoff game. I'm not even. That really did. That felt like a playoff game. Uh, both teams they they really fought to the end. Um, you gotta give it up to both teams. Like I'm not mad at all with either. Uh, LeBron, LeBron was LeBron. It was good to see LeBron back. You know, back to playing four minutes and everything. Uh, you think he's 100? percent I mean, I know you say he's not 100, percent but like, I mean, he's old. So I guess that counts as him not being 100%. I, mean, I don't know. He puts millions into his body, though, so. I don't know. He never got, like, a full off season, so. For sure. I, I'll give him that. But, yeah, LeBron, he played tremendously, especially that dagger uh, he hit at, towards the end of the game with, quote, unquote, one eye, according to him. Where he saw, like, three rims. Three rims. <laughs> three rims. I'll just aim for the middle one. Uh, but yeah, but LeBron, uh, he 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 was he played tremendously. Curry, you know, Curry's just Curry. He's he played amazing. He was amazing for the Warriors. He gave the Warriors all that he could that game, and he just shot the lights out that whole game. Caruso was really good off the bench, and I think he's a really you know I think he was their best. I guess I would say defender on Curry. I would say, like I mean, you can't stop Curry, of course not, but. To give the like the best chance at stopping Curry, I would say like Caruso, he did a pretty good job, you know, defending him and you know staying with him the whole game while he was on the court. So I think he did pretty well, and you know gave him 14 points off the bench, which is pretty solid. And Caruso was amazing for them, and I think LeBron, LeBron really showed out, and he was tremendous. So I want to ask you two questions about this game, right? Yes, sir. First of all, it's for the Lakers. Do you believe how many stars you think the Lakers have? Uh, right now, yeah. Okay, AD. Okay. LeBron. Okay. Stars. Like stars. stars. Mm. Is it just LeBron and AD? I mean, I want to say Schroeder, but uh, Schroeder hasn't been like, he hasn't been that, the Schroeder that I know him to be. So I'm not going to say that just yet. So I'm going to just say them two. Cool. You know, I literally just asked you that because I know last time you said Ray John Rondo. Was what the third mean? star for the Lakers? Rajon Rondo was a star. Okay, the, here, here we see, go. See, you always, you always flip my words. Though. I'm not I even say, flipping your you, words. You see, you know, I he say, was a star in the playoffs. See, no, you say that after. You say that after the fact. I wanted right? to see if you were going to say, say Caruso. Caruso's a star in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, what? Okay, come on now. Don't, don't, okay, don't, second second question. Second I'm question. assassinate my character like that. Man. So, second question. When LeBron was driving and he got hit by Draymond. Yeah. Now, a lot of people... There's people on both sides. They feel like it was a correct call, and then some people said it was a flagrant foul. What do you stand on that? Okay, uh, Draymond went for the. Okay, thing is, Draymond went for the ball. I think he his intentions were to go for the ball, but he missed the ball, and he ended up hitting LeBron in his eye. So, me personally, 
I don't think it was a flagrant. But in today's day and le- in today's day and age, where you know refs and and the way that they call flagrant fouls now, it's a flagrant. But if I'm the ref, I'm not calling that a flagrant. That's just because I know. That's just because I could see his intentions. I could see that he meant to. You know, just, he was just trying to stop LeBron from you know making the and one layup. You know what I mean? And he just ended up hitting him in the eye by accident. I don't think he would do that on purpose though. And Draymond Green's already seemed like he's already the villain. You know what I mean? Like dudes expect him to do that type of stuff. So I think that adds to why why it should be a flagrant, because he just seems like the bad guy pretty much. What yeah, do you think? I think it was the correct call. I feel like Draymond went straight up, and yeah. then just the momentum of LeBron trying to go forward. He, you know, Draymond missed the ball, so then with the momentum, LeBron's body going into Draymond's body, that's what caused like Draymond to like you know hit his face. I don't feel like it was intentional. If he was just, you know, it was the momentum of Draymond trying to go for the ball, LeBron hitting him when he was driving, and then boom, it just happened. You think the league could get, you think the league is going to continue to get, like, softer? Probably. That's tough. Which pisses me off, because, like, again, it pisses me off with the free throws. It pisses me off, like, someone could, like, throw <laughs> a ball, and it's like, oh, you got a tech. Bro, what? Oh, my gosh. I already told you what the reasoning behind that was, bro. Yeah. Say it, say it again. Bro, it was, it's the, the refs, bro. Their wives, you know, they go home late at night. That Jason Tatum, he's something, man. This like, And then he's like, the ref has a game. Officiating Jason Tatum, that's game. All right, next chance I get, I'm going to get that man a tech. I'm going to try to get that man out the game. I don't care. You going to talk about My wife going to talk about you like that? A lady I got sleeping bed with like, every night? Nah, bro, I ain't having that, bro. I ain't having that. Nah, you gotta get out this game, bro. I gotta get you off your game somehow. What you laughing for? Like this is this is happening before our eyes, bro. Nobody nobody's realizing it, bro. Okay, bro. I'm telling okay, you, bro. These these reps, bro. They mad, bro. Think about it, bro. These dudes what, are making. Why does it have to be the wife, though? Um, what you trying to say? Like, why? Who, else, who to... else could it be, though? I don't know. Hey, daughter. <laughs> like, fuck, like, what you said? <laughs> What you mean? They sister? There's other ways they could be mad at a player. It doesn't have to be like a family member. I don't know, bro. They could bet on that player like I said last time. Bet? Anyway, oh we my. had this conversation. We're going to start it over again. <laughs> anyway, so I think, you know, it was a really intense game. Um, Would that... you do that as a ref? My bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. Would you do that? Bet no. on the game? No. Like. It's... I still never looked it up. There has to be some rule not allowing them to do it. It can't. That, that's definitely not legal. Can't be. Yeah. But yeah, as you were saying, my bad. As I was saying, it was a, an amazing game. It was a playoff game. For sure. Um, we're never gonna hear the end of LeBron hitting a three with one eye. That's. <laughs> we're never gonna hear the end of it, bro. Like it's it's, like, when you talk about LeBron's legacy, some LeBron sexual is gonna be like. He hit a shot on Curry, a three-pointer with one eye. He's the greatest player in the world, blah, 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 blah. Respectfully. Respectfully. <laughs> Respectfully. But, yeah, LeBron, he was he was great, though. He was yeah. great. That Amazing was a good game. Shot. Next game, the Spurs versus the Grizzlies. Mm. It, was a, it was a good game, though. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Grizzlies... Uh, Valanciunas played tremendous. You know, 23 points, 23 rebounds. I'm not going to lie. I like the Grizzlies. Like, I like their young core. They have, I think they have a solid, like, core for the 
for your, for the future. You know what I mean? Uh, like Jaws only twenty one. Uh, Dylan Brooks only twenty five. Jaron Jackson's only twenty one. S- Valanciunas is like slow. He's like in the middle, slowly entering his prime at twenty nine years old. And then Cal Anderson, you know, he's getting there too at twenty seven. So I think they have like a good solid nucleus to build off of. And I think all those guys they play tremendous. Uh, the Spurs. I mean, Spurs had a lot of off games. DeRozan had an off game. Keldon Johnson had an off game. They, there's really no source of production for those guys, for that team, in a sense. So they really, the and I'm surprised they only lost by four, playing like that. So I think uh, the Grizzlies they they were able to pull it out, and I'm just happy that they were able to do that. Um. Yeah. The Spurs had an off game. Um. DeRozan only had twenty. And he's kind of like their primary scorer. Um, Rudy Gay had 20, so that was surprising. Um, I think when you saw Rudy Gay, who's like, oh, wow, Rudy Gay's on the Spurs. He's back. Right. Yeah, so um, besides that, you know, um, shout out to Murray. He had a triple-double. Um, but, you know, ain't much to say. It's it's the Spurs. The Spurs also have a good core of young players. You know, Keldon Johnson, Murray, Walker, um, Vassell. So they have, like, a good core. But the thing that I have with their course, like most of their course, like guards, mm-hmm. they don't have like forwards or centers. So hopefully in this draft, they'll get like a forward or a center towards yeah. that. Yeah, I think they could really benefit from like a, you know, a small forward or a shooting guard in a sense. Um, I think, I mean, they drafted Devin Vassil, who's projected as a two guard in the league, but I think he's going to take some time to develop. But, uh, and DeRozan, uh, he had a really, I mean, he made his free throws, of course, but like his shooting, his field goal percentage, five of twenty-one. I don't think that's gonna cut it. Uh, playing against a team like the Grizzlies, and then you know, also Murray, you know, he shot for a seventeen from the field, missed all of his threes. So Spurs, they just needed some sort of production, and I just they weren't able to get it from any other stars. So I don't think you're really not gonna win games that way. Yeah, so it's the Spurs. I just hope they get a better like a small forward power forward to add to that core and I think they'd be set because it's the Spurs they have Popovich so Popovich will pull something out like think of it they barely missed the playoffs so who knows if they could add like one a really good person and then be good next year Tim Duncan might need to come out of retirement um can you come out of retirement if you're in the Hall of Fame Mm. that's a good question it's a great question I mean why? Why would the Hall of Fame restrict you from? I don't. I don't think that has nothing to do with you playing basketball anymore. Yeah, but you know how the Hall of Fame be like, you literally have to wait a certain amount because the Hall of Fame wants yeah. to induct you when they're like, no set that you're like retired. Yeah, I think it's like six years. I think or something. Yeah, like that. they have to make sure like yeah, we gotta make sure this guy's retired, like he doesn't come back. I mean, that still shouldn't restrict them from wanting to play again though. Like they want to play again, that shouldn't be a problem. Anyway, I don't I don't know if Tim Duncan's coming back. Does Tim Duncan have a kid? <laughs> Can we have like Tim Duncan Jr.? Oh wow. I mean I heard it. I think he said and uh is in the speech his son's like a swimmer or something. So I don't know if he that... Tim Duncan used Tim to be Dun- a swimmer. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. I'll I, just say that. We Tim we gotta Duncan's... figure out where they live and break their pool so the dude can switch over from now. swimming to basketball. Shoot. Who knows? When your dad's like the greatest power forward of all time, I mean there's a lot of things he could teach him too. So, exactly the the fundamentals. Fun, Mister Fundamentals. Exactly. Um, but the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies are great. You know, Valanciunas twenty three, twenty three rebounds too. 
Jaw, great game. Um, Brooks, 24 points, also a great game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they have a really good core, and they did really great this game. For sure. Now, moving on to the next game. This game was also a, a great, amazing, really close game. Was the Warriors versus the Grizzlies. Steph versus Jaw. I love seeing them face each other. I think that uh, that's like probably one of my favorite matchups to see, just to see them go at it. Uh, Jaw finished with 35 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. Steph finished with 39 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists. Uh, that, w- that was another good game. You know, the West the West had some really good games in the playing tournament, like you said earlier. And it was just tremendous. Uh, I thought, I'm not going to lie, I thought, you know, Valanchunas was going to hurt them uh, since, you know, he fouled out. And he only played 26 minutes. I thought that was gonna hurt them in the long run, but Jaw he really he really carried them. You know he really carried that team uh, to the win, and he just showed the kind of leader that he is and the kind of leader that he has to be. And he's only 21, so it's like to to be able to handle all that pressure at 21. This is only your second year in the league. Like he's just different, and you know he's built for this stage. Uh, Grayson Allen he was really clutching it in overtime for them. You know hitting those back to back threes. I think that really push them, you know, over the top of the Warriors, and they really needed those two threes in, in that moment, and he was able to, to come up clutch for them. So, it was a great game uh, by Memphis, and, you know, Steph was Steph. He was tremendous. But the Warriors, I think the Warriors needed help, and there was just so many instances where it's just like, I would just be like, oh, Wiggins. Oh, Wiggins. <laughs> like, like, oh, Wiggins. Like, he'll just do some, like, whether it's just him whether it's just him catching and not thinking and just shooting or just him missing a, a layup it's just it's always something with him oh Wiggins oh Wiggins oh Wiggins oh Wiggins and it's like the funny part so Wiggins was 10 out of 22 and the funny part is like I would notice that you would get Wiggins when like the Warriors were moving the ball around I saw that Wiggins um, didn't get it during that passing around a lot and I felt like it was because as soon as Wiggins got the ball, Wiggins was shooting that. Like, Wiggins was not <laughs> Wiggins was like, I got the ball. I'm shooting them. <laughs> oh, my God, bro. It, it, he was just, yeah, he couldn't help them that game. He just really couldn't. And... I mean, he was the second leading scorer, but yeah, at the was. same time, the Warriors don't really have that another scorer besides Kerr. Right. So. You like, have to kind of give it to Wiggins. So Draymond, Draymond ain't scoring. Wiggins can score when you don't need him to. But when you need him the most, oh, Wiggins. Oh, Wiggins. <laughs> oh, Wiggins. <laughs> um, Jordan Poole did actually pretty great. He had 19 points. So, you know, he had that clutch three foul. So, he's yep. been doing good. He was three of five from three, too. Do you think he kicked his foot out in that foul? Um, it's weird because some people say like he naturally shoots like that. Right, that's what I was kind of looking at too, but then I could see about it. And I could see what other people say when like he kind of kicked his foot out. But then I feel like that's his natural form. Though. Yeah, I don't watch his natural form that much, so I don't know if it's really his natural form or not. Right. Um, something that I thought about was kind of like you know when Curry shoots it and he kind of does that his foot forward his foot back and just like looks at the hoop I don't know how to explain it I think you know what I mean Yeah. but yeah I think he was gonna do that and then I, I mean that's kinda how it looked when his foot moved forward but then people said it's his natural form and I don't watch pool that much to actually know if it was his natural form or not but, but he's been doing really great for for the Warriors he's been a great player for them um Draymond did 
Draymond things. You know what's crazy assists. about Jordan Poole? Yeah. What? He had a water birth. <laughs> Where? Oh my God! We're talking basketball, and you just decided what was the point of? That? <laughs> I had to. Anyway, Draymond. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he had a water birth though. What? What was the point? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Um. Uh. Yeah. So Draymond, <laughs> Draymond did Draymond things. You know, he had 16 points, 10 assists, um, 11 points, uh, 11 points, 16 rebounds, 10 assists. There we go. My God. See you. You with this pool thing? Just <laughs> I can't talk anymore. I'm sorry, bro. Um. But then you know, Draymond. There was points where you they gave the ball to Draymond at three point line. He didn't shoot it. And then you saw Draymond like shooting it. I think Draymond had. Like one of the last shots during overtime, and it was like, oh my God, why did why does Draymond have the ball right now when they need to score? Draymond be having like some of the <laughs> most opportunities to score, and it's it's just crazy to me that he doesn't take them. And it's just like, and even like it was I don't know if it was overtime or the fourth quarter where he like made that one three from the wing, and I'm like, yo, you could have been shooting that all night. Like, what are you what are you waiting on? And then he was like celebrating so crazy, and I'm like, "Yo, you could've been doing that all night." Like they needed you to, they need some type of production from somebody. They got it from Wiggins. Okay, bro. <laughs> oh, Wiggins. Anyway, um, Curry, thirty thirty nine points. You know, the only scorer on that team. So, um, but for the Grizzlies, Jaw, thirty five. You know, uh, a second year Jaw in his playing tournament. You know, the Grizzlies were also in the the first playing tournament in the bubble. Facts. So then now they're in this one, and Ja was like, nah, we we yeah. going to the playoffs now. <laughs> nah. We going to the playoffs. This man took on the scoring load and got, like, 35 points. The Grizzlies are really, like, they're trending upwardly, like, to, like on a on a really fast, like, they're improving on a really fast rate. Like like you said last year, they had the playing tournament where they didn't, where they weren't able to get into the playoffs. But then this year, you know, Ja. And, you know, pretty much having that same team from last year. And it's just like, I think that camaraderie really helped them and that chemistry really helped them. So they were like, nah, we're not, we not having it. They've done great with drafting, you know. For sure. ja, of course, Jaw, that was an obvious one. Jaron Jackson Jr. was a great pick for them. But even, you know, like Baines and Tillman, those weren't like lottery known picks. And then they get picks like later on in the first round, second round. And then like, you know, Grayson Allen trading for Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen was good for them during this game. Um, Valanchunas, so Valanchunas doesn't really meet the course. Because Valanchunas kind of like in his prime compared to everybody else who stay on the young side. So I'm thinking like, do they keep Valanchunas or do they try to get like a younger center for the future? I swear he's like the oldest, youngest dude I've ever seen. This man. <laughs> okay. I see, I see that though. I see that. Bro, like he's, he's old. He look old, but he's like still in his 20s. It's crazy. But yeah, I, I think they they keep Valanciunas. You need a solid vet. Like even Ja, Ja talks about him in interviews a lot too. When he does like post game, like he always says, you know, Valanciunas is like a solid vet that we need and that we lean on for leadership. And he gives them that leadership, and he's and they love him there. So I think they're a perfect match, and he's a perfect player for that center position, a perfect anchor for that defense and offense. I think they need a guy like Valanciunas. You got to do whatever you can to keep him. I don't care. Yeah, Valanciunas is really critical. And then, so like Ted, you had mentioned he fouled out yeah. when once they got to overtime. And it was like, 
it's gonna really impact them. Some of them fouls, I didn't, I didn't even see it. To be honest, I don't, I see, I don't even see like how they were fouls on him either. But they were still able to pull out the dub though. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad. You know, they, they, uh, this young team making it to the playoffs. You know, that goes a long way for them. And that confidence, that experience. So it's only gonna go off from here for the Grizzlies. You know, I'm, I'm happy, I'm happy for them. You know, they had a really great and amazing um rebuild stage. For sure. But that's about it. And that's all the play-in games that we had. So now everything's set. All the seats are set. And now it's playoff time. We're recording right now while the games are on. This just shows how dedicated we are to this podcast. Please, please, please stop. Please stop with the recording. Please stop. But you love them sound effects, don't you? sound effects. I'm not. I gotta I got get used to them. Yeah, we upgraded. Yeah, I mean. Anyway, so the seats are set. Everything's set. Um, so now let's, let's look at the seats. Let's see who's going up against who, the matchups, who we think is gonna go move forward, and how that first round's gonna look. So, um, let's see. What game should we start off? What East, West? Uh, let's start East. Let's start East. All right, East. First game we have the Sixers versus the Wizards. And let's start West. This man. Oh, bad. I'm sorry. What? what? I, oh, I, my God. I, I mean, you ask, you bro. Okay, Wes. You ask. Wes. So, we have the Jazz versus the Grizzlies. No, it should it be? Should it be? Should it be? East Coast? Should it start with the East Coast? Okay, we just finished talking about the Grizzlies, so let's go ahead and do West since this Jazz versus for sure, Grizzlies. For sure. All right, Jazz versus Grizzlies. Uh, I think this is where Utah's playoff run is going to pretty much end. Utah? God dang it. I mean, um, the Grizzlies. It's early. Relax. It's fine, you know. I, I got you. It's early, man. But, um, yeah, I think this is where uh, the Grizzlies, I think this is where they play off run. It's pretty much going to end. Uh, They say Donovan Mitchell, he said he expects to play game one. So, if that's still the case, but I think Utah's pretty much, I'm not going to say it's going to be a straight sweep. I'll say, I'll say Memphis in five, though. I mean, not dang, Utah in five. Come on, bro. Five, mm. uh, yeah, I'll say Utah in five, though. Uh, it's going to be a good matchup, though. I mean, for the Jazz, at least. I think this is just going to... I don't think the Grizzlies are going to really give them that many problems in the first round. I mean, the Grizzlies the Grizzlies have heart. They're, they're, sure. they're fighters. Like, they will give them problems. For sure. Like, don't don't be fooled by them being young and the Jazz being the first seed. They're going to have some problems. So, they, they might slip away with one game. I mean, come on. They beat the Warriors, bro. Everybody thought the Warriors were just going to make it to the playoffs. And then the Grizzlies was like, nah, mm. we got this. I mean, but then we seen though, like the Warriors, they really didn't have no extra, no production or nothing like that besides Steph, and maybe Wiggins, you know, for the first three quarters. Oh, then, Wiggins. Oh, Wiggins. Yeah, but um, I think uh, I think yeah, I'm not gonna say the Grizzlies not gonna go out without a fight. I'm not gonna say every game's gonna be a blowout, but I don't think they're gonna beat the Jazz in a in a best out of a seven series. I don't see it happening. Yeah, the the Jazz are winning. Um, I'm glad that Donovan Mitchell's coming back. For you sure. know, he was out for a long time. I had him in my fantasy team, and he was out for the whole entirety of the fantasy playoffs. Thank God that didn't affect me a lot, cause you know your boy still came out with the dub for the whole fantasy. So shout out to me. Should've, but anyway, should have canceled that league. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, I think the Jazz are gonna win, and I think having Mitchell back is gonna be really gonna help them a lot. 
for sure. Yeah, and also I think um not only Mitchell but Bogdanovich too. They weren't able to have him uh, last year in the bubble, so I think uh, having him is gonna really you know help them a lot and you know give them some extra shooting that um they could use, especially you know just to space out the floor and everything like that. And you know I think uh Gobert he's gonna you know defend the rim really well. I'm curious to see that matchup how that's how that matchup is gonna go with him and Valanciunas. But uh, I think J- Jazz are just going to have too much to give the Grizzlies. And I just don't see them winning. Yep. So, Jazz beating the Grizzlies. But Grizzlies, great season, though. For them to, like, be able to make the playoffs and everything like that, That's you just got to give your hats off to the players and the coaches. Really. Agree. Shout out to the Grizzlies. They For did sure. great. But the Jazz are going to move off from yeah. this matchup. Yeah, I don't see it. Next one, we have the Suns versus the Lakers. LeBron versus CP3. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a good matchup. I would love to see it go to seven games. I see it going to six games, but I would love to see it go to seven. Uh, I think Bron, you know, even Bron, he's already talking a little bit, saying that him knowing CP3, he thinks like that's gonna give him an advantage over, you know, give his team an advantage over the Suns. So I'm curious to see how that's gonna play out as well. Uh, for the Suns to be back. Not only in the playoffs, but to be in the second seed, that's you just gotta. Monty Williams, he's done a tremendous job with that team. But not only Monty, of course, you know you gotta get credit to CP3 as well for him to just bring that whole team together, you know, and just him and Devin Booker, and you know Aiden as well playing tremendous and the some of the pieces that they've gotten too, you know Jay Crowder, and you know Dario Saric and all and Mikael Bridges as well. He's played better this year too. So I think they've gotten a lot of um, good production for some of their players and also the new signings that they got. I think it's going to uh, be a great series. Hmm. I think LeBron's LeBron's going to be LeBron. He's going to find some way to win this series. But I think it's going to be a tremendous uh, series, though, for sure. Yeah, shout-out to the Suns, you know, after so long being in the rebuild stage and that bubble 8-0 and run. They, they made that move. They got CP3, and then, you know, they just skyrocketed. Monte Williams was great coaching, and then also having that leadership experience on the court from CP3 really helped the young guys, you know, understand better the game. And, you know, CP3 really helped set them up to get easy buckets. So I think that really helped them a lot. And, you know, shout-out to them from being, like, the bottom of the league to now being the second seed. Yeah, I was – and they've you could see that they've carried that momentum from the bubble – you know, all the way into the season. They went undefeated and everything. They weren't able to, they were close to making the play-in, but they just weren't able to do it. But to see that momentum still carried over into this season, you just got to give your hats off to the coaches and the players. Yeah, it's tough, though, because think about it. They worked so hard all season Oof. to get that second seed just to face LeBron and LeBron. the Lakers, bro. All that hard work just to beat the Lakers. And they're like the second seed. And their odds are stacked against them. Like everybody says, like the Lakers are winning in. Right. Um, I'm probably in that same boat. It's right. LeBron, so you can't bet against LeBron. The Lakers are probably going to win. But, you know, shout out to the Suns. They did amazing getting the, that, that second seed. It's amazing. I just, you know, I feel sad that, you know, they worked so hard just to get beat by LeBron. Facts, though. For real. Like, they tremendous season, though. Like, just for them to, you know, come – as far as they've been, you know, they haven't been in the playoffs and it's been a few seasons, but for them to, you know, finally make it to this point, you just got to love it. You know what I mean? But 
I think LeBron and his experience and then all of his and his IQ and him and I think AD is gonna take his game up a little bit too because he hasn't been you know the AD that we used to seeing since his injury but I think he's gonna you know take his game to another level you know bring it up a notch and yeah it's gonna be a problem for the Suns for sure yeah so shout out to the Suns they had an amazing season but in this matchup we got the Lakers winning yeah I'm gonna tune in for sure though definitely uh, next game we have the Nuggets versus the Trailblazers. Nuggets versus Trailblazers. Uh I think Jamal Murray, his absence is really gonna show in this series. Uh thing is he hasn't really been as you know, his production did kinda die down a little bit, but I still think they're gonna need him anyway. Just those just those seventeen, eighteen points that he gives them. I think they're gonna need him. Uh but I'm curious to see, you know, Nurchik versus Jochik. Uh, I'm curious to see that matchup because, you know, you know, Nurchik, he was drafted. They both, well, both were drafted by the Nuggets. And Nurchik uh, was on the Trailblazers, but, you know, he requested a trade. I mean, on the Nuggets, but he requested a trade from the Nuggets because, you know, Jochik was the starter and, you know, he wanted more playing time. So he uh, requested a trade to the Trailblazers. So I'm curious to see how that matchup's going to go. No nurture playing against his former team and his former teammates and everything. So, but I think Dame and CJ. I think the I think the Trailblazers matchup their backcourt is just going to be too much for the Nuggets, and I think it's just going to give them too many problems. Yeah, so it's interesting. This is that this is the one matchup where I've seen you know going on Twitter, going on Instagram, seeing mm-hmm. how people picked out like their brackets for the playoffs. Um, this is one that's always back and forth with a lot of people. Some right. people think the Nuggets are advancing. Some people think the Trailblazers are advancing. Um, I think that the Nuggets are advancing mm. just because, you know, they have Jokic. They have the the MVP. I think Jokic will win the MVP. Here we go. Oh, wait. Oh, I'm just, you, I'm just you, thinking. I'm okay, just thinking. Okay. I can't think. I mean, I don't know. You had Jeez. that face like you didn't agree, so I, I, I wasn't I'm, sure. I'm just, I got to think. Gosh. I mean, the finalists are Jokic, Steph, and Joel Embiid. Yochi so, has been carrying though, so you gotta give is. you gotta give respect to that. So, and also that that battle between Jokic and Nurkic, you know, they both both on the Nuggets. The Nuggets went with Jokic to be. I, like, I would take that to the heart. I don't care. I mean, it's it's a business, but still, I'm taking that to the heart. Like I don't care, bro. We'll see. I think like Nurkic is more like a a lighthearted. I don't think there's any like hard feelings to him because you know he got a better opportunity now with the Trailblazers compared if he would have been stuck in the Nuggets, you know. Yeah. So, but and then the Jamal thing, you know, we it, it's not bubble Jamal anymore. Mm-hmm. Like that man was nothing compared to like the bubble this season. He was absolutely terrible. Like that bubble was like a one-time thing cuz he he ain't never performed like that again. But in his absence, Michael Porter Jr has been going crazy. Like he's taking on that load. He's out here giving you 30 points on a nightly basis being that second option. And you know, he's really showing the the Nuggets like, you know, I could do this. Like I could be your second option, in a sense. Maybe making Jamal expandable depends how what direction they want to take that mm-hmm. roster. D- depends the direction they want to take that roster. Okay. Okay. You know they have they have options now. Before I don't think they had options. It was you know, <coughs> Jokic and Jamal. Now they have Michael Porter Jr. So it makes something. I would agree with that. Maybe if they still had like R.J. Hampton or somebody, because I don't really. Uh, yeah, yeah. Happy to hear that. But I think I would agree with you if they had maybe they had somebody like a RJ Hampton because you know they have Facundo Composo, but he's old. You know he's over thirty. So and Monty Morris, 
he's a solid I think he's a solid backup guard. I don't think he's a really a starter to me. And I wouldn't really want him as a starter. So I think you still need Jamar and I wouldn't be so quick to give him away. But poor Junior, he's he's been like a pro since high school, really, to me. And he's just been and I know the back injury kinda hindered him in college and everything. I don't know why I just grabbed my back. But <laughs> that was weird. But um but yeah, I I think he's um I think yeah he's been a pro since high school. I think the back injury, you know, many and even caused them to drop in the draft, and that's the best thing that could have ever happened to the Nuggets. So I think he's gonna play well, and they're gonna need him. They're gonna need Porter Jr. for sure in this series. We know Yochik is gonna be Yochik, but they're gonna need Porter Jr. for sure. And I also think a very critical player that's very important in this season in this matchup is Will Barton. Mm. Is Will Barton gonna be healthy? Because you know that's the defender they need against Dame or CJ. So if he's here, it's gonna be a great matchup. But if he's not, then like you know, you really need his defensive presence to guard those two guards. Sure. How many games do you think? Seven. Yeah. I, I think, think this so. is this is the seven game series. It's gonna be the one. This is gonna be like probably one of the best first round ones. This is gonna be the one. And then moving on, the next game is the Clippers versus the Mavericks. Another rematch from last year. Uh, Mavs took them to six games last year. Uh, Luca was, and that's when like Luca kind of you know catapulted into sort of the superstar conversation. I MVP. would say, yeah, last MVP. season he was an MVP conversation yep. too. MVP too as well. So Luca was tremendous in that series, and I'm just and I'm just curious to see what's going to happen this time. Uh, I don't think the Mavericks are going to have enough to handle the Clippers. I think the Clippers are just going to be too much. But I still think it's going to be an entertaining series only because, you know, of how the Mavericks lost last year and everything and, you know, 4-2. So I'm sure it's going to be more competitive and they're going to have a lot more motivation to want to beat the Clippers. But I just, Clippers, they just have too much, too much veteranship, too much playoff experience. Just They just have a lot to handle yeah, if so you're the Mavericks. This is an interesting matchup because, like you said, it's a rematch, but also both teams have kind of changed well, not like the main people, but more of that supporting staff. You know, Harold and Lou Willis no longer at the Clippers. Um, now they have Ray John Rondo, who is, according to you, a superstar in the playoffs. So we'll see if that, if you know, he continues that streak. He's a star, yes. And then the Mavs, they lost Seth Curry, who was you know an amazing shooter for them. So I think that really has hurt them this season, not having him. And then Porzingis has been really inconsistent, along with you know both scoring and injury wise. You know, he's had a Injuries games where he's been out and the games where he has not been consistent. So, you know, kind of puts that question mark on the Mavs. Like, is Porzingis really, can Porzingis be the second option on this team next to Luka or do we have to go a different direction? Right. But, you know, it's really going to be a, a great game. You know, I think last season they could have gone to seven, but Porzingis got injured and, you know, they changed. So it, it's going to be real good to see how it's going to go from here. Yeah. I think they're really going to need Porzingis this year. Uh, Especially in this series, um, he's gonna have to just—he's gonna have to play tremendous, and he's gonna—they're gonna need him to be healthy as well, and that's a lot to say for a guy like Porzingis, who's pretty much injured every year, really, and it sucks, but you know, it's, I guess it's just part of the game. But they're really gonna need his production and everything. And I think just Clippers have a lot of playoff experience, like Serge Ibaka, who won with the Raptors a couple seasons ago. You know, you got Rondo, who just won last year. 
they just have a lot of playoff experience and you know playoff and a coach who's and a coach who's coached in the finals in Tyron Lue. So I think that's just gonna you know that's just gonna be too much for them to handle. So who do you got the Clippers moving oh, on? Clippers easily. Clippers, I got the Clippers as well. Yeah. Okay, and that concludes all four matchups from the West side. Oof. Now moving on to the East. The first one we got the Sixers versus the Wizards. MB versus Westbrook. I think it's gonna be a a very good series. Uh, I don't think it's just gonna be a you know four zero four one type of thing. No, I think the Wizards are gonna put up some put up a fight. Uh, like you said with Seth Curry, I think Seth Curry and like you know I think adding shooters is really gonna help the Sixers, especially in their playoff run. Uh, you know adding Danny Green, adding you know uh Seth Curry and those guys just to stretch the floor and having that uh those type of guys that could shoot the ball. I think that's gonna be really important, especially you know in the playoffs. But uh, I think Embiid. It's just the Sixers, they just have too much. And B, Simmons, and, you know, you have Dwight coming off the bench. That's 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 just too much. Lakers really shouldn't have gotten rid of Dwight. Oh, my gosh. They could really lose Dwight, especially, you know. I mean, what you mean? They have Andre Drummond, though. I'd, I'd still take Howard over Drummond. Wow. Drummond, wow. Drummond hasn't been that impressive this the season. The man who averages 14 points and 17 rebounds a game, bro. Are they really like? Uh, I feel like Howard's impact has, is more. Oh yeah. Or, know. You know, he's more of that defensive athletic center that they need. I don't see Drummond. Does he design. age? Yes, he ages. Dwight. Yeah. I don't think so, man. He's on the bench now. He's like on some Benjamin Button stuff, right? Okay. But um, yeah, I think uh, Sixers and Wizards. It's gonna be a good matchup. They're gonna need Bradley Bill to. They're gonna need Bradley Bill this series. Like, he's gonna have to play like on some. Like Mitchell and Murray in the bubble type stuff, like every like every game type stuff. They're gonna need that from him, but it's just gonna be a lot. But I think the wizard. The thing I like about the Wizards though is they have they have bodies to throw at Embiid. Like they have Gafford and they have Lopez, who are like you know, who've been pretty solid you know defenders and pretty solid and who are two solid interior defenders. And guys that could protect the rim. So I think they have, you know, bodies to throw at and be, but it's just gonna be too much for the Wizards. Um, so I think this is really a four oh four one type of matchup. Yep. Just because Westbrook has to drive in the paint and you have him beat there. So I think Westbrook's game is really gonna be limited limited now because you know, you have that paint, you're not gonna be able to access that paint with him beat there, and then you have Ben Simmons who will Actually, I think Ben Simmons will probably guard Bradley Beal. So Bradley Beal is going to have a hard time shooting when you have Ben Simmons, who's a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year this season. And again, the the Sixers have the shooting around. And then the Wizards, while they have shooting, they have kind of inconsistent shooting. Like, you know, like we talked in the play in Bertans, like they're terrible. So their shooting's inconsistent and they don't have the defense where if they have an off, if their team is having an off night shooting, their defense can't make up for it. So that's why I think they're the Sixers are just gonna be too much for them. Yeah, and also, you know, you gotta get some credit to Dot Rivers as well. Like he's done a tremendous job with his team, just getting them to buy into what he's trying to get them buy into his system and everything. Like that's tough to do and to have a number one seat. At the end of all that, like you just gotta, it just shows you like how great of a coach he is, and just how 
that's just tough to do in my opinion just to like go from another conference and another team and just have a number one seed just like that like that's just amazing to me and I think we also have to give a shout out to Daryl Morey because sure. you know he made the necessarily changes to that Sixers team on this team and like yeah Embiid and Horford and that's not the move not having shooting when you have Embiid and Simmons on the team that's not the move so he made the necessary moves to you know get the shooting that's needed for that team to really maximize Embiid's potential you know to be able to have be in the conversation for MVP and Ben Simmons to be in the conversation for defensive player of the year so I think his construction or retooling of the roster has been amazing along with Doc Rivers you know knowing how to coach that team for sure uh, next, moving on, we have the Nets versus the Celtics. This is another game. Nah, I'm not going to say it's going to be like a, a blowout, but I think the Celtics are again, you know, three, like, three-headed like monster, like three superstars, like three three top, uh, well, top ten, yeah, three top ten players. Like, yeah, that's, that's tough. Uh, you got Kyrie, KD, James. That's just, I don't think Celtics have nobody to match up with those three. No, it's just not fair. They they don't. It's they just really not, don't. It's just not fair. Their best defender, I think, was Brown, and then Brown's not here anymore. So, My brother probably going to be on my ass for this shit, too. Cause he, a, he a big Celtics fan, but it's just. I'm sorry, but they're not making out they, the first round. They're not. But, I mean, Tatum. Tatum's, I think Tatum's going to be Tatum, you know. He's going to put up those points that they need. Uh, Kemba, I'm sure he's probably going to have some more motivation, you know, playing in New York, you know, him being from the Bronx and everything. But uh, I think, you know, I'm sure he's going to up his play a little bit in the playoffs, and they're going to need him because they don't have really no other second option besides him. So they're going to need Kemba. I mean, Marcus Smart, he can put up those type of numbers, but – you really don't expect it from him, really. So uh, they're really going to need those guys. Marcus Smart, they're going to need his defense. They're going to need a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like, Marcus Smart is the best defender they have now with Brown gone. They're going to – what? What you trying to say? He's not their best defender with Brown? No, I mean, like, he. I mean like you needed Brown and Smart because gotcha. Smart would probably get, like, James Harden. Brown would get KD or something. But now it's just Marcus Smart. That's, like, the, the solidified, you know – we know he could defend them and you know give them trouble. Facts. But they just they just don't have the firepower for that, you know. Um it's too much. It's too much. Um Blake, Jeff Green. Just they're complete. They just yeah, they're just the Nets, complete. The Nets are just something else. I don't think Tatum Tatum's not gonna drop fifty. I mean Tatum could drop fifty and it's still not gonna be enough. I think he drops fifty and K D probably drops thirty. Kyrie drops 25, Harding drops 40. And how, do it's you, like, how do you, you can't, like, even the coach could probably come in and, and drop 10 points, bro. Exactly, bro. Like, come on, man. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Celtics, but I'm sorry, Celtics fans. Yeah, the, yeah, the Nets are, yeah. you can't beat the Nets. I'm sorry. Good luck. That's all I can see. Good luck. Uh, next game, <laughs> next game we have is the Bucks versus the Heat. Another rematch. Uh, I think this is gonna be a lot, a much better series than uh, last year. Um, I think the Bucks they improved tremendously this year. Like they have two shooter, they have two uh, shooters who are top, who are top 
uh, two shooters who are top five in three-point percentage. Uh, they got Bobby Portis, who's shooting 47%, and then Brim Forbes, who's shooting 45%. So they definitely added in the shooting category. Uh, they added P.J. Tucker, all those guys. And I think that's just going to be uh, a lot for the Heat to handle uh, shooting-wise and everything. But it's going to be a really good series still, no matter what. Um, but yeah, I think just the Bucks are going to do better, especially Drew Holiday as well. You know, having him... I think he's what they needed last year. Really, you know, having just a point guard who could just organize things instead of just having Giannis do all that and Middleton doing that. Instead of, like, having your off, your non-guards having to do that, you have, like, a point guard who who knows what to do, who knows how to orchestrate offense, who knows when to pass, who knows when to look for his own shot. And I think that's really important. Like, Bledsoe, he really wasn't that type of guy for them. So I think uh, he's really they're really going to benefit from that. And I think they're going to end up beating the Heat. And probably, I'll say, this pro- could go to six or seven games. So I think this is definitely a seven-game series. For sure. Um, I think this is my, <clears throat> besides the Nuggets and the Trailblazers, I think this is my next most exciting first-round matchup. Just because I think, you know, this was the second-round was the second round matchup? Or uh, yeah, second round. second round. Second round matchup that happened. And, you know, the Heat, the Bucks. You know, it's always like the Heat know how to defend the Bucks. So now we're really gonna see have the bug the Bucks made the necessary adjustments. Have the coaching made the, the adjustments that is necessary to move forward. Cause the Heat know how to defend against the Bucks. I mean, we're here doing a podcast. We know what needs to be done to defend the Bucks now. Like make the wall and like so if like make, Bud if make. Bud can't figure that out, then there's some you really have to look into like maybe he's not the best coach for this team if he can't make changes during the playoffs yeah this is gonna be a make or break year for Budenholzer for sure like they literally and they literally went all in on Giannis too you know he signed his contract and everything they bought in all the help they could for him you know what I mean so I think it's just up to the coaching staff really they have all the pieces necessary to you know go all the way but it's just about can the coaches bring all that together really and the Heat I think the Heat they're gonna they have some pieces too you know what I mean they have, you know, Iguodala, uh, Ariza, uh, yeah, fucking, but um, <laughs> Ariza and um, all those guys, you know, Dwayne Damon, who's been Dwayne Damon, who's been tremendous for them, who's a tremendous signer for them, uh, him just coming off the bench and just, you know, just giving them really good minutes, really, and just being an athletic big, you know, a guy that could just, you know, give Bam some rest, and those guys, he's just been tremendous for them. Yeah, so the Heat have a complete roster. Um, they've done sadly all the deep point here, so mm. you know they're missing that one piece. Um, you know, hopefully he resigns. Hopefully they didn't just trade Olenek and all of them for nothing. But the Heat have a really good complete roster. People who know how to play defense. They have you know Duncan Robinson, who's a light out shooter. Um, and the Bucks, like you said, they've made the necessary adjustments to be a good team. You know, um getting Holiday in place of Eric Bledsoe was an amazing move because he's a way better player and it just gives him like another dimension to that team you know it's no longer if Giannis Giannis ain't shooting so now it was always like Middleton you focus on Middleton at three point line now you have Holiday Holiday can shoot and Holiday can be clutch so they've made they've made the necessary roster adjustments and now it's like you know can the coaches coaches do it because the Bucks are all in it's like a win now type of move because they gave away their 
draft picks for I think like 2026 so their future is kind of like on the we we kind of have to win now because we don't have anything else so I'm really hoping they move forward and you know beat the heat in this round for sure you think they will you think they're gonna pull it off I, I hope so I, really, <laughs> I hope so I'm just saying that he know how to defend against them, so I just they hope do. they made adjustments. Yeah, he got some dogs. Yeah, but this is gonna be in a an amazing first round matchup. Yes. And then the last one that we have is the Knicks versus the Hawks. Yeah, I think this is a series I'm really looking forward to. Uh, I think it's gonna be a good one for sure. Uh, the Knicks, they've just they pretty much Tom Thibodeau. He's just gotten them right, really. Uh, Julius Randle, he's in the MVP conversation. Uh, they've Derrick Rose, he's six man of the uh, uh, one of the candidates for six man of the year. Like they've gotten, they've gotten so much better, and the moves that they made to get to this point, you just gotta give you know the front office credit and the players as well for buying in. But uh, and I think it's gonna be a really good series. I honestly, I don't. It's up in the air for me. Like, I can't even tell you. I don't even think there's a clear winner. Because the Hawks, they have some... They've got some dogs on their team as well. You know what I mean? Uh, they got, you know, Trey Young. He's been playing tremendous as well, as always. Uh, John Collins, he's been playing. Capella, he's been really good for the Hawks this year. Uh, I love his play this year. He's just, you know, he's just been the solid big for them. Solid rim protector. You know, solid. Just He's been just solid at the five position. And... I think the Hawks have, like, one of the deeper benches, I would say, in the whole playoffs this year. You know, Gallo, Bogdanovich, you know, just uh, you still got Chris Dunn. You have got you just got so many options. You got uh, Oneko Okongu, who's been playing well towards the end of the season. Um, he's, you, just got, you just got options. The Hawks, they have options. So I, I, it's going to be a really good series, and I'm looking forward to tuning in for sure. Yeah, so like you said, the Hawks have a really deep bench, and that just gives them makes the team more versatile on like what lineups they could bring out there. And you know, the Knicks are the Knicks. What worries me about the Knicks is that you know their star players have played a lot of minutes during the regular season to be where they're at. You know, what's new, what's new with Tom Thibodeau? Classic, classic Thibodeau move. So now the question is, are they still gonna have the energy to you know be able to match up against against the Hawks in the playoffs? Because the thing is, most teams don't play their best players a lot of minutes during the regular season and then those minutes just increase during the playoffs but the Knicks have had their best players playing heavy minutes during the regular season and they're just going to continue having heavy minutes in the playoffs so I just hope you know nothing happens and that you know they still be able to have that energy and that intensity to beat the Hawks but again the Hawks are so versatile with that deep bench that they could bring multiple lineups out there so it's going to be an interesting matchup especially when you think that both of these teams were not nowhere Nowhere near the playoffs last season. And now this season, you know, they're four and five. So it's an amazing comeback for them. Crazy. Crazy. I think it's, it's going to be a great series, though. Uh, I'll probably say maybe the Hawks going to pull it out. I want the Hawks to pull it out just to see how it happens. I thought maybe the Knicks would pull it off. Hey, we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be an interesting one. Fuck it. We're going to see. So, you know, with that being said, I think that <laughs> We've gone through the East. We've gone through the West. So I think that concludes this week's episode of the for ONJ sure. podcast. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Of course. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for all the support. Um, as always, make sure to download, 
uh, comment, subscribe, whatever needs to be done right. on the various plat- podcast platforms that we are on. Rate, you know what I mean? Give, us a, give us a nice little rating, you know what I mean? Everything. Um, Make sure to follow our social medias. Like we mentioned earlier in the episode, but we're going to mention it again. Our Twitter okay. is at ONJ Podcast, and our Instagram is at ONJ underscore podcast. If you can't find the Twitter, it's on the IG. Just hit us up. We'll, 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 we'll get you right. We'll we get you right so you can find everything. For sure. And that concludes today's episode. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Appreciate y'all.